When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. To a Celtic state of mind. I'm not Kevin Graham, uh, but I am joined by Paddy Sinnott and Patrick McGill. How are you doing, guys? All good. We are all good. good. Um, we're hoping that Kevin will join us. He has set the agenda. He's just popped into the uh, the waiting suite, as you call it, and here he is. There you are, Kev. Can I hear you? Can I hear you, son? It's all the, all the mod cons, all the gear and no idea. It's not working. Get it unplugged. <laughs> Let's go. Right, we'll keep him up so that we can watch him. Um, we can get a wee bit flustered there, you know. Now that's cool. Um, okay, <laughs> let's let's talk Celtic. Let's do a wee bit of that. Um, yes, you guys were just talking about the cup final. I hear Patrick, your cup final tickets just came in. That has it's literally just arrived about ten minutes ago. So 
pretty delighted with that and obviously looking forward to the game. Right, no, um, absolutely. Anybody else in the comments section whose cup final ticket has come in, let us know. Kevin, you're listening in, so once you sort out your issue, um, just get yourself back into the stream. You've got the power, man. You've got the buttons. Um, Paddy, what about yourself? Are you going to be at the cup final? Are you going to be I able to? I won't be, sadly. No, I, I don't. Um, I don't have that luxury of getting a ticket. I need to tap up young man there for his, his contacts to see if we can get one. Um, but no, unfortunately, I won't be there. This is the thing. There's a few in this Axrom group who have got the contacts, Paddy. You've just got Aye. to chip away at them. Um, Mark is straight in there looking at the uh, the headline, which of Yakamakis' attributes attributes will be we miss the most. This is something that Kevin Graham wanted to talk about. Mark reckons it's his ability to use Instagram. Now, let's go back to a discussion we had way back where a couple of Celtic players were getting themselves into a bit of hot water, Paddy. Um, and we had a conversation on here, it's probably a year ago, maybe longer, where we said, you know, it, we, we think Celtic players should uh, not have access to their own social media pages. And people disagreed with that on the comments. We felt that they should be managed by somebody, a social media manager at Celtic to protect their brand and all this kind of stuff. What do you make of this? We've had it from Julien. We've now had it from Yakimakis. Leaves a bit of a bitter taste in the mouth, doesn't it, Paddy? Yeah, it's pretty poor. Um, you know, I think he, when you look at guys like Moussa Dembele, um, he's still very popular with support. Um, a lot of it down to his playing playing time with the club uh, a few years ago, but with the constant tweets, he's constantly tweeting about Celtic and every time he won a trophy, get a big victory, he's he's more than happy to congratulate us. And I, I don't think that's him. I think that's someone running his account for him. Um, you look at guys like Callum McGregor and James Forrest, they're not on social media at all. So they can't get pelters, they can't cause controversy that way. Um, but as you say, you look at guys like Julian and, and Yakimakis who are quite, post quite a lot and, you know, they're quite outspoken guys. You know, Julian used to write big paragraphs about, you know, hoops upside your head and all, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I think Mikey Johnson's liked a few dodgy tweets in his time as well in the past couple of years. So I think it's best if you're going to be on social media, let someone manage your, your activity for you and, if you're a if you're a player who is going to garner all this attention, probably just make a private account that nobody knows about if you really want to read up in the news and stuff. Yeah, and maybe just put your pet cat or something on the avatar. I mean, you you spoke about Mikey Johnson liking tweets. Uh, what was it Gary Neville called it? A clumsy like. That is what it's now known as. If you clumsily like an inappropriate tweet, Kevin Graham, can you hear us? Hello, can you there see you me? You're back. More, more importantly. <laughs> yeah, we can, we can. Um, I just waffled for the first five minutes, Kev, but I'm going to pass it over to you because people tune in on a Wednesday want to hear from the poet formerly known as Kevin Graham. So enjoy the show and I'll uh, catch up with you tomorrow. I no problem. Thank you, Paul. Apologies to everybody that I was late, but I did kind of have a bit of a nightmare there trying to get my microphone to work. Everything else is fine, but the microphone ah. just decided that it wasn't working and it didn't matter how many pe pairs of headphones that I tried, it just wouldn't work. But then I worked out what was actually going on. What have I missed? Funk so brothers, what have I missed? We were just gabbing about social media and uh, Celtic players' inability to use it properly. Is that, is that probably sum yeah. up a wee bit? Uh, just touching the cup final as well. Aye, touch the cup final. I heard the bit where you've got a cup final ticket, Paddy. 
Aye. I've got the contacts, apparently. I've got the contacts. You've got the he's contacts. In the he's in the you, you and Declan, I bet you Declan's <laughs> <going>. <laughs> Most likely, most likely. I thought you were using John's dodgy laptop, Kevin. I thought that's why you were late on. Um, I probably would have been better trying to use John's laptop <laughs> than the amount of work that I've had in the last 10 minutes trying to actually get my microphone to work. But hey-ho, that's technology. Um, that's what it is. Obviously, um, let's have a wee look. Jack Amakis, I take it he has signed from... Uh, I take it he has now signed for the team in the MLS? I don't think anything official has been, been announced yet. Um, it's just all rumours. Celtic about. haven't said anything, I don't think. No. I think I think he's waiting for his, his visa um, to get into America. I think that's what the issue is, but there's nothing been official announced yet. None been announced yet, but well, I, I think we can safely say that he's going to move in. It's pretty much done and dusted. The first question that I'm going to ask, which is regarding this... Uh, can we actually say, right, that Yakamakis improved in the last 18 months? And I'll start with Patrick first. So, and what Yakamakis did we actually sell? Did we sell the Yakamakis, which was on fire at the end of the season, at the end of last season there? Um, or did we send one that was already, or did we sell one that was already a busted flush? I don't think he improved over the 18 months he was at Celtic. I don't think we're selling a better player now than the one who arrived. And that's not me slagging the player off, Patrick. No, I, I, I don't think we did either. I mean, it's, it's it, if he didn't prove, it's very marginal. I mean, just taking the penalties alone, he took a lot of penalties for, is it Venlo, I think we signed him from. Um, he is far from a penalty expert now. That's, that's a part of his game that has gone down in value rapidly. I mean, he's taken... I think he's taken three or four penalties for us and he's only scored one. So um, that's no longer what you would call an asset to his game. Um, in terms of the way that we've sold him, you know, our last game before the World Cup was the 12th of November. He's not played an awful lot. I, I don't even remember him starting since we've came back from the World Cup. So we're selling a player who, I, I don't think he started a game for Celtic in three months. Um, so it's, it's really hard to judge a player like that. Um, he's obviously he's a Champions League goal scorer now. Can't take that away from him. He's got he get the the goal against Shakhtar. He had a brilliant uh, what would you call it nine ten month spell. I mean when he came into the team in January last year, and then he, he was basically our first choice striker for the end of that season. And then he was swapping places with Kyogo between you know the first half of, of this season. So i'm not sure he's improved he's i'm not sure he's getting worse um he's just he's just not had a lot of game time in the last three months and it's not it's not his fault you know he's he's maybe got a bit of an attitude problem um he, he certainly wanted more money and if not he wanted away i think it's just kyle being a better player i think that's the only that's his only fault really paddy what do you think what do you think about yakamakis it's hard to disagree with, with, with what we call him young Patrick is, is put forward there. Um, I mean, he's at an age now where he's, he's not really going to improve, is he? We've probably got peak Jack Amakis. Um, his goal-scoring record last season, obviously, was, was, was very good. It carried on through where he went through Renlo the season before. Um, he's just a victim of circumstance, isn't he? Any other time, he would probably be your first pick, but he, he, he found himself stuck behind a striker. Um, 
in Kyogo that just limited any starts that, that he could get. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we are, we're probably selling the player we got. Um, I'll look at what, what Patrick was saying about his penalties. I, apart from that, I don't really see anything else that's changed for his game. Um, he was direct. He was, he was deadly in front of goal. But I, I think you yourself even mentioned, was it last week, Kev, that it was an empty jersey outside that 18-yard box? And that's not a slight on him. That's just his game. So no, I, I don't think he's improved. Um, I don't think he's getting any worse. We'll probably probably get more money for a player that that that's left is in the same nick we got him. Definitely, Daniel F comes in. Uh, as much as he annoyed me, we would not have won the league without him. That's true. With Kyogo being out yeah. for the League Cup final until April time, no, well, twenty sixth of December till April time, he was he was better than Kyogo in the Champions League. I think he got better. I would probably argue, was he better than Kyogo in the Champions League? He scored. I mean, that's, I mean he that's, scored. That's, that's pretty that's, much it. But what else? What other impact did they have in the Champions League? Probably the same as Kyogo, apart from the goal. I think both of them were poor in the Champions League. I'm, 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 yep. I'm not going to deny, deny that. The Urban Kulshe, uh, GG was great value, but we move on. And Peter MG says, that's hard to say, Kevin. He didn't get much game time in the last few months. That's all done to Kyogo. Was he better than Kyogo? No, that's quite obvious. Yeah. He was not better than Kyogo. But I'm going, I'm going to bring this in by Johnny Ryan because I, w- I was thinking about this last night. Absolute rubbish. The guy was a goal scorer. He was. And I think we will miss him because the little that I've seen of O. I think I've already seen enough of OTC say that he's a completely different footballer than Yakamakas. Uh, there, there was a time, you've seen him more outside the box. And uh, I mean, I think if you add up O's minutes, it's going to be something like 20 odd minutes, maybe. But you can see that he's got foot, he's got a football intelligence. So when he came on, on uh, Sunday there, he played a ball at the edge of the box and went on the overlap where if Yakamakis would have played that pass, Yakamakis would have went to the near post. But O went right on the O went right on the overlap to actually give his teammate an option. I don't for what I've, I I think I can safely say that O will need to develop Yakamakis' striker instinct, but he's going to offer far more to the team as a player. But for Yakamakis, we are going to miss Yakamakis standing in that box, sticking his head on hangs, Patrick. I think we are, because I do, the little that I've seen, oh, he's a completely different style of play. Yeah, definitely. As you say, he's more, I think you said it last week as well, he likes, to, in the Dundee United game when he came on for 12 minutes or so, he likes to drift wide and he's not that sort of towering central figure that Yakimakis was. Yakimakis was very much a sort of six-yard box penalty spot striker. Yeah, you know, he, he did. He wasn't very effective outside of the 18-yard box, but in the box, he was quite keen and he was quite good at getting his head or his foot on a lot of things. And, you know, I think we were all sort of fascinated when he first started scoring for Celtic. His first, I think his first nine goals were from the, was a first touch. Um, and, you know, getting on the end of balls, getting on the end of crosses, and it's what he was so good at. Um, but I, I don't think, I don't think... Me personally, I don't think I've seen enough of old to say he's going to be better or worse. I think it's it, it's a bit similar to the Jovanovic Johnson deal in a way, where it's certainly a different player. Um, he's got different qualities, different weaknesses, but he's younger, and 
I think it's too early to say whether it's an upgrade or a downgrade. Um, but you, you've got a younger player who Angie's certainly excited about and hopefully will be just as good a player, if not better. I'm not saying it's an upgrade or a downgrade. I think right away I've seen differences in his mobility. I've seen differences in what he's trying to bring to the game. Um, my father-in-law says to me on Friday night, he says, Yakamak has played for himself. And I never really thought about that. But now I've started that started going through my brain. I'm going, you're probably quite right there. He did play. Yakamakis played for Yakamakis. He would play the ball on, then he would get in the middle of the box and, and score. Now, that's that's what he was there to do. And then uh, maybe, again, uh, Paddy, always trying to learn our system. And you can see that even though he was doing the overlaps there and he's been outside the box doing the work and that, eventually Poster Coglu will get him into the system and go, by the way, you need to get into the near post. This is where I want you to be. And he's still learning that system of, uh, like, he's still learning the system of, of Ange Postacoglu's Celtic. But I like his movement. I like his physicality. I like his touch. It looks like he's got a bit of football intelligence about him. But if somebody's just came in in there, I don't think I've actually seen... David C there at Sir Yakamakis header at Tynecastle was tremendous. All will be different, but a great great play for Celtic. I'm worried for now to the end of the season, we're going to need somebody to do that Yakamakis stuff in the box. Like he's done it, like he done it at Tynecastle. Like get that header in the box. And I and we haven't seen enough of you to say that he's going to do that yet. But he might do. But I my quick look, I think they're two different players in my quick look. I, I mean, like you say, he's only been on a grand total of about 20-odd minutes. And, and for what we have seen, he's certainly... Um, I don't know if I want to say change my opinion, because I know we, we were kind of slaughtered for being negative about the signing, but he certainly gave us something to think about um, in a little time we've seen him. I like the way he plays. I like the way he, he gets about the park. Um, but I think against Dundee United as well, Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. He was quite keen in getting into different sections. He, 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 I think he even ended up in the right wing at some point in Dundee United. He was getting himself that, out there. It was a great boy put across for... It was uh, the last minute. Last minute, aye. Aye, that's right. So he, he does put himself about. It's too early to say um, whether whether he's going to be whether he's going to be good or not, but he certainly I'm, does. I'm nailing my colours to the mask that he's a completely different player. I am nailing my colours to the mask that what, he's aye. not a light-for-light replacement. Oh, he's not, definitely not. But what I mean is to say whether he's going to be successful or not. Um, but for what fair indications are, he does look a bit of a player. Um, but I just want to go back to that point that we brought up there. Um, the, the comment, I said that total rubbish. Uh, Jackie Marcus was a was a great goal scorer. That wasn't the question. The question was, was he a better player? Nobody's denying he was a great goal scorer. Um, he was he was deadly in the box. Like you said, many goals he scored with his first touch. So we're, we're, we're not slagging Jack Marcus off um, all we were saying was he's, he's just he didn't leave a better player than he came but as for O I, time will tell but all indications I looks like a decent or a decent player a handy player 
He does that, and, and I, I'm just worried, eh? Because we, we uh, Patrick, I think we got quite blase as a supporter. I did anyway as a supporter, going, ah, we're losing these players, but we're bringing guys in to replace them. We've lost Josip Juranovic, who has his country got to the semi final of the World Cup, and he was part of that team. And we've sold him for a pittance to Union Berlin. And yes, we're bringing Alistair Johnson. I'm still going to admit Alistair Johnson has looked solid enough, but he's still integrating into that into that side. And Tony Ralston, who was the best right back at the club, has, has been out injured and he's got to come back for injury. So it's a massive hole there, Juranovic leaving. And when I think back to the games that we brought Yakamakis on, the games that he done really, really well, it was the games where we were struggling to break down mobs and he was there going, right, I'm just going to stand here and be the battering ram. I'm going to give them an absolutely different option for what Celtic have got. And I think we're going to miss that. I do. I think we're going to have enough overall to like be fine with it. But I think there's going to be one time between now and the end of the season, we'll be going like this. See, by the way, we need Giacomacchus here to actually batter that down. And I'm just preempting folk because I can that will happen in a post game, and I know it will happen in a post game, and it is going to happen because, as I've said, I think all looks a completely different player. I think we might, yeah. I think it's entirely possible we'll need that, um, but you know, it's a, it's a difficult one because I don't think you can keep a player around for maybe five, ten games a season when we need a batman ram. You know, the majority of the time. We're dominant on the ball, we're playing in their final third, we're creating plenty of opportunities um, and we're looking to move the ball quicker and we're effectively trying to pass it into the net, you know, cut it back and give ourselves some good chances, easy finishes and stuff like that. And I think, you know, the way that Postecoglou wants to play, I think having a guy with pace, having a guy who's um, good in the ball, uh, good outside the 18-yard box, I think will make make us better in the system that we want to play and I know we have these tough games and I think back to Ibrox in April when Yakimakis was crucial in holding up the ball and giving us giving us a foothold in the game um, but I'm not sure you can keep a guy like that around, especially a guy with Yakimakis' uh, mentality I want to say because I, I mean you've got to remember this is a guy who if he wasn't getting 50 grand a week he was wanting to leave and there's not a lot Celtic can do in that situation Um so I think it's it's worthwhile having a striker like that around, somebody who can hold the is ball it, up, be a battering ram, win some headers. But I'm not sure we need that in 50% of our games, in the games that we play. That's, that's, that's what I was about to say. Is this has Aye. just been the, the Scottish football snobbery here, that you need a big lump up front, that you need, that you need a Curtis main to go up there and actually batter the lumps out of the centre-halves. Is that us just reverting to tight there, Paddy? Well, I was going to say, how often have we needed them to do that role? Um, I think, what, against St Johnston, um, when he got that last-minute goal, well, most of our play comes from, or most of our goals come from, um, I don't know, the, the football that we play. Um, so I don't ever recall, I mean, if, if what you're saying is right, if he's not a start for three months, we've not really struggled in three months to break down teams. Um, apart from, well, St Mirren was September, wasn't it? The, the, the defeat against St Mirren. I think the last, we averaged three goals a game, so we've not really needed that option. It's never been one that we've relied on. Um, so in, in terms of that, I can see what Patrick is saying there, young Patrick is saying there, that 
uh, you, you can't keep him around just for having that option because he clearly was unhappy at the game time he was getting and obviously the, the money he was on. Um, and as we've seen before in the past, keeping players around that aren't happy just for having that option just doesn't work. Um, it causes more problems than it solves. I'll still stand by my prediction, Paddy, that he would have been off in the summer anyway. Aye, think, there's no I, doubt. I think he would have improved in the summer. Aye. And when you look at the strikers that we had, he was probably going to be the first one to go because I didn't think there was any improvement left. Aye. I, I didn't Aye, think I can't, so. I can't, I can't I argue with that. And I don't think we've actually sold a better player. I don't think he's came to us improved and moved on. I yeah. think he's came to us, stayed the same, yeah. and he's took another sidewards or even a downwards step. Because that and is, we get more money for them, so it's our money. And we've ended up getting more more money for them, so that's a a one one. Yeah. Uh, Mo comes in. Uh, Kev is a fantasist. I'm not. I'm really. I'm Mo. But I hit. But you put up a comment. Actually, that's it. Saying I fancy a pint. If you're going to the bar, get Paddy and Patrick a pint as well. If you're if you're going to the bar, eh? get 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 me an iron brew since I didn't drink. So. <laughs> good lad, good lad. Move on, move on. Uh, we, we may as well talk about the squad. Um, Paddy, I noticed you had up at your site that Hart, Moy and Turnbull are in the, are in the last 18 months of their contract. Yep. Or they'll have a year to go where, where, where the uh, year to go in the summer. Yeah. I look at the three of them and for me... We need to get Joe Hart's replacement in the building. He's either in the building or he needs to be brought into the building in the in this summer. Out of out of the those three, I'm going to leave Aaron Moyler now because I think he would be very, very easy to deal to deal with. Uh, Turnbull, I think, has got a decision to make in the summer, but I'll leave that to the coaching staff. But for me, we we Joe Hart. And this is no because he was getting this was no because he was getting blamed for the goal on, on Sunday there against Dundee United. This is because it's quite clearly he's a square peg in a round hole there system. He's done absolutely fantastic for us. He's been absolutely brilliant. A leader, one of the big reasons that we won the league last season. But for us to improve, we're going to need a, a goalkeeper who's more suited to the Hans Postacoglu's style. So the question is, do you think that keeper is already in the building or do you think that we need to bring that keeper in during the summer? You want to take that, Patrick, or is that for me? Yeah, I'll take it. I, I, I think it's a number one priority, um, 100%. Um, you know, I think I think he, he was brilliant last season and he's been okay this season. Um, I think, you know, the game away to Leipzig, I don't know whether it's just because I was there or something, but it sticks out in my mind. I mean, it's such a it's such a bad pass. It's a it's such a I mean, literally gifted them a goal, you know. And there's moments every so often where you think, mm, could he have caught that? Could he have done better there? Could he came for that cross? Could he have came for that corner? Um, there's definitely keepers who are better at their feet than Joe Hart. Um, I think it's all about finding a short stopper that's just as good, if not slightly better, who can play with the, the ball at their feet. And it's something we've been looking for since Brendan Rodgers came in, and we've never really found it. Um, who, was, who, was the, who was the goalkeeper Rodgers signed? That was terrible. Scott Bain. No, the one before that. The, he oh, one. Doris De Vries. 
Best 90 minutes at the new camp, conceded seven goals. <laughs> um, he played in that 5 1 game against uh, Rangers when they first came back up, he um, did, which is just incredible. What do you think about um, I think he was at fault for Rangers' goal, if I remember correctly. I <laughs> Kenny Malati Garner, and he could have probably came out and caught aye. it. Aye. Um, but I think we, we Moy and Turnbull. Moy's a difficult one because I think he's 31, isn't he? And, you know, I mean, we've given a 31-year-old James Forrester a two-year extension. So I think that'll probably be Forrest's last contract, I imagine. But, you know, Moy's a guy in form. And you'd look at most 31-year-olds and say 18 months, probably just release him at the end of that. But this is a guy who's, you know, on form, arguably our best midfielder at the moment. Um, Turnbull's another difficult one, you know. I, I personally would extend this deal tomorrow um, because with 18 months left, you don't want to lose him on a free, but with 18 months left, you're probably not getting that big a free either. So whether you're going to sell him or keep him, I think extend the deal. Um, and as as you say, Moy's a difficult one, but with, with Hart, I would definitely say just sort of let the contract run down and, and focus on signing a, an upgrade in, in goals this summer. I think Moy's an easy one. I think you just wait and see with Moy. Moy's been absolutely fantastic for us, but I think Moy's in that stage of the career and personal uh, life as well, where he would be slightly easier to deal with, where Turnbull will maybe have some ambition to kick on, where Moy's been there, seen it, done it, and gone, well, I can hang about here, because I'm quite happy hanging about here, whereas Turnbull's different. Joe Hart as well, he might, he might fancy uh, finishing his career down in England, and... Paddy, that's why Poster Cog was having these talks with him just now. Because aye, it is all forward planning, isn't it? Aye, and, it, and it's, it's brilliant he's addressing it now because we waited months to go, you think, oh, there's plenty of time to sort that out. But the fact that he's talked about it now means that he must have some sort of succession plan in place for the three positions if they decide to, to, to stay or go. Um, out of three, um, I, I, would, I would be looking to keep... David Turnbull. Um, I still think he's got a lot to offer. He was. A, I'm, I'm pretty sure, and somebody will probably correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure he was a mainstay in Ange's team when Ange first came, and that might have been through circumstance, but he never let Ange down at all. And then if you look at what the impact he's got off the bench, he's providing goals. Um, some people think he might be a bit safe, but um, I think he's still got a lot more to offer. And I think maybe him being safe is down to confidence. He's not played a lot of football. Um, he's coming back for kind of serious injury as well so uh, and when you look at who's ahead of him in, in the side is um, he, he will find it difficult to get a start but he's just shown what he can offer coming off the bench Aaron Moy um, 32 then these deals probably going to be pushing 34 I think he's one that's going to probably leave and he's, he, he won't get an extension I, I can't see that it, it doesn't fit in me what I'm just trying to build um, and my head's went blank who was the last one again Joe Hart Joe Hart. Aye, Joe Hart is another one. Um, I think his mistakes get highlighted just because if he makes them, they can, the goalkeeper is a funny one, isn't it? The goalkeeper makes a mistake, it causes a goal. Anybody else makes a mistake, you've still got a chance to redeem it. Um, I think Joe Hart's been great since he signed. Uh, he's no great with the ball at his feet, um, but I think at 34 than now, he'll be 36. He's probably one that's going to go at the end of his contract as well. I think we might have the the answer to the question in the building already I wrote about it on my site this week that um, Benji Segris could be the answer to that 
Um, I think that's what he was brought in for to naturally take over, and then you would have um, young Toby all over Yemi as he's as he's um, understudy. And then still got Scott. That. Yep, <laughs> I know that. I mean, you've got Scott being there if you need him as well. Um, you know, don't take me as saying Scott being good enough to be a Celtic keeper. Of course, he's not, but as a backup um, domestically, I. So that that was my thoughts during the week. Um, but I think out of all of them, I, I think Anne should hopefully be looking to keep David Tumble. I think it's quite strange that Seagrass got injured when he got his new girlfriend and started appearing in the gossip columns in the Daily Mail. I, I, I think that actually needs looked at. Do you think Seagrass has got it, Paddy? Uh, Patrick, since I need to differentiate between the two E's. Oh, you're on mute. Yeah, I'll unmute myself. Uh, he's a fantastic shortstopper, um, but I don't think I've I don't think I've watched him often enough to, to know whether he's he's good enough with the ball at his feet. And at the end of the day, that's why that's why we're all calling Joe Hart a square peg in a round hole. Um, he doesn't really fit the system of having eleven footballers um, that that Ange wants. Um, I'm more than happy with him as a backup. You know, whenever I've seen him, he's made some brilliant saves. He's made some brilliant saves against Celtic. Uh, I know we used to struggle against Dundee United a couple of times. You know, one of Ange's first league games, we drew one one at Parkhead. And it was down to down to Seagrass making a lot of great saves. Um, it's I, it's hard to say. I'm I'm more than happy with him as a backup. I'd have to definitely see more of him. You know, maybe this season when uh, when the league's getting wrapped up, just to see how he is. You know, playing football. But um, I'd still like us to sign another goalkeeper. I think because going into next season, we we you know you're talking about three guys maybe here in the jersey. It's I'd, I'd like us to sign a, a, a more established keeper. I think someone who's, you know, 26, 27, get plenty of years left and can sort of walk into the team. Uh, do, uh, there's, there's two comments that I'm going to bring up here. Um, let's have a real look. Uh, Duxie comes in and says, if Seagrass was an upgrade, he would be playing in front of her. I don't think he would. Um, the, the, re, the, the reason being is I think Joe Hart is the Celtics number one and I think Seagrass was brought in to learn the ropes and to get acclimatised acclimatized to the club, not acclimatised, that's not even a word, acclimatised to the club, get used to the way that Celtic play and train and then you would see a natural progression possibly in the last year of Joe Hart's contract that you would see that progression. You, Paddy, you, you also mentioned the young Toby there who's been sent on loan to Cork City as well. If we rated him as high as we did, there would have to be a natural progression. And bringing in another goalkeeper, doesn't it? I think if Postacoglu bring in another goalkeeper, it would, say, it would tell you how he feels about the goalkeepers that are already there. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. 
As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Aye, it would. Um, but then, this, this is the issue I've got. If we keep bringing in players, then how are we ever going to let these young boys get the opportunity to make it in the first team. We've seen our two or three seasons how we've lost um, brilliant players. I mean, the most recent example is Ben Doak and, and look at him. I mean, I, I get that wasn't all down to kind of Ange and I, I would imagine his decision to leave the club was before Ange came in and Ange tried his best to get him. But, I mean, the point still stands. If we bring in our keeper, what we sent to, to young Oliyemi, um, has he got a future at the club? Is he good enough to even try and get a start, or even maybe even? I know he trained for the first team before he went on loan. Um, but I, I think that's the issue we have here. I, I'd love to see more um, young boys coming through and getting the opportunity. But if we keep adding and adding, then where, where is where is their where is their um, pathway to the first team? Everybody speaks about that. But when's the last time we we had somebody come through? Um, the B team to make a, a dent at the first team. Was it uh, Kieran Tierney? Was the last one? And how long ago was that then? No, it was made his debut under Ronnie Dyle at Dens Park. Yep. I, um, I was there that night at Dens Park when Tierney came on looking like a wee ball boy and charged about. He loved it, man. And I just think we've got to. I just think we've got to kind of. Maybe there has to come a point where we need to stop looking at the transfer market and start looking at right, what's coming through, what's coming through that could do the job. And if there's nobody coming through, then fine, go ahead. But like I say, we've lost so many young talents in the last two or three seasons that we're getting to the point where we're saying, oh, what if? What if we if we took a punt on Bendo? What if? I mean, Vincent Angelini was another one. He was one of the highly rated goalkeepers that left us to go to... Oh, I can't remember. Nothing Watford. Was the Watford. Aye. Watford. Um, he was highly rated as well, and he left because it was just no pathway either. So what we're going to do? Just keep adding players because we need to. Or can we look at the B team and see who's there to come through? Um, my fear is we'll lose more. We'll, we'll lose more young talent, um, like Boston Lawa as well. When's he ever going to get his opportunity? Um, so I, I think we need to look at the B team as well. That's why I'm thinking maybe if if we look at Ben Segrist, who's who who would take over for Joe Hart. And then have all, all of me as he's as he's understudy. Um, there's got to be something there to to, see, to show these young guys there's, there's a way to get to the first team. Patrick, do you think there's a a, a train of thought here? And I'm going to play the devil's advocate here. I'm no dick advocate, but I'm playing the devil's advocate here. Um, if nobody wants your young players at sixteen, then we're going to get left with the rubbish ones. Because if you ever look at the players that have left. As soon as they've signed a professional contract, they've moved on virtually right away because there is no pathway. And there's big clubs that have came in for them. It's no way it's Bayern Munich, it's Liverpool and stuff like that. So when we're talking about young guys who are 2021, 20, are we quite right to ask the question? You go, well, why were they not picked off four years ago by the bigger clubs? Is that is that a fair question? Or am I just being a wind-up merchant? Forgot to unmute myself again there. Uh, aye, no, it's a fair question. I think it's, I think it's been a bit of a blind spot for us recently that you know, I mean, guys like Welsh have come through, but I don't think Welsh is good enough to to get ahead of Carter Vickers or Starfield. Um, 
you know, Mikey Johnson's away, uh, Victoria Guimaraes in, in Portugal. Ralston's came on a game, you know, he, he came through a year or two after Tierney, obviously struggled for ages and he, he's now, you know, he's competing for the right back spot. Um, those, those are probably it in, in terms of youngsters that have come through. Um, it, it's hard to say. I think you're, you're right in what you're saying, though. There's a lot of guys who are going at like 16, 17 to other clubs. I remember with a midfielder that left three, four years ago to go to Bayern Munich at the age of 17. Ben Doak at the age of 16 went to Liverpool. Um, Helge, I think he was a bit older. I think he was 19 or 20. He went to Leeds. Um, Angelini, obviously, to Watford. Um, it's a difficult one. Uh, I, I think it's... I think it's pretty difficult to keep a hold of guys like Ben Doak if, you know, he, he got game time for Celtic, but, you know, six, eight months down the line, he's now getting game time for Liverpool and he's on 20 grand a week and he's training with the best coaches and the best players in the world. I think it's hard to keep guys like that at the club, but guys like Helge who never really get a chance, going to Leeds, you know, changing their manager after, what, 12 months, could potentially go down this season. Not exactly playing with the, the highest quality of footballers. They're playing in the Premier League, but then what is his game time? I think that guys like that, I think it's it's quite disappointing that we're not giving them a chance and therefore they're not sticking sticking around at the club. And as you say, it ends up being we've got a bunch of 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds who no one's decided to take a punt on, so we're left with them. And it looks as if the academy is failing because... We've got a team of 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds who aren't good enough to make the step up to the first team because we've, we've already lost all the guys who were good enough. Um, so it's it's a conundrum. I'm not sure. I'm not really sure what the solution is, apart from giving these, these 16 and 17-year-olds more game time. But then that's a risk in itself, isn't it? That is a risk in itself. I mean, you talk about people saying, we're playing St Martin, Paddy, who are an informed top-flight side on Saturday uh, in the Scottish Cup, half past five kickoff, And you, you're, you're saying to yourself, oh, you'll need to make changes to that. He made changes against Morton. And we, uh, I pointed out there were six players in that team started the second half that had only been at the club six months. And you're like, well, where do you actually bring the youngsters into that when you've got guys who are first-team squadders who still need the game time? Eh? I think it's a bit. I, I think it's a bit in the transition side here. I think we're still in transition, where we will be looking to where Andrew's looking to the transfer market to get him where he wants to go quick. But as Juan Douglas rightly points out, he says a couple of weeks ago, Andrew said he expects to promote from the youth team within the next twelve months. I think that's a point uh, at this precise moment in time. He is building. Uh, what can I say? A culture. And he's bringing in players to build a culture. And once that culture is implemented, then that will drip feed down. And that's when the young guys will then start making the step up. I found it interesting that he's saying that he's already seen improvements with the fact that the B team are training with the first team. And they're doing the exact same things as, as the first team. And I don't think it's too much about the level that they're actually playing at. I think it's about what they're actually learning is more what Poster Coglu is looking at. I don't think he's even that bored if they're winning games. I think it's just more what they're actually learning. And I think sometimes, you remember the famous Wally McStay reserve team that won 
nine titles in a row and everybody's gone, they were great. There was no money brought through for that. It's no about winning stuff at development level, it's about developing guys. You're looking to build a legacy, and, but we've been trying to do that for I don't know how long now. So if, if that comment is right and, and Andrew's looking to bring in players for the next 12 months, then or youth players in the next 12 months, then that, that's great. Not only has he built a culture, then the man has built a legacy as well, because if that's the case, then we should hopefully see some more players making the grade and, and, and coming through to the first team. Um, but do you know what? It, it is a hard one because we're sitting here saying we should give the young ones a chance. Um, we've got a Scottish Cup game coming up on on Saturday uh, against St Mirren. That's probably not the time to do it either. That's not the time to bring in um, a, a young player to see how they do. Maybe against Morton it was. Um, but at the point of the season now where the trophy is king, we're looking for, well, hopefully, touch with going for a treble. I wouldn't want to risk that. Um, by doing experiments and, and hoping that a, a young player can step up and make it into the first team in a, in a cup game. So I, it, it's a hard one. I, I've not got the answer. That's why I'm not a Celtic manager. That's why I'm sitting here talking to you. I, I don't know, but I just think there should be there should be a plan in place. And it looks like if that comment is right, Andrew's got it. And, and if he has and, and it's already started, then, then great. I look forward to the next 12 months. I'll bookmark this conversation. Aye, I, I, I want to bookmark it as well because I think they've got talent in the squad. You've mentioned Law, Law, Law uh, yep. Vata as well are the two that are there yep. at the moment who look like the two are most likely to make the breakthrough. And they're the ones that we've got to keep sweet. It'll be really interesting to, ha- to see what happens with these guys in the summer. Also be interesting to see what will happen with, uh, with Adam Montgomery when he comes back in the summer as well. Because Montgomery's the only one I think has got a chance of the guys that are out on loan. He might be having a future with Celtic. I think all the rest of them will probably get moved on. I had the same conversation with Paul John when I, when I first came onto the pod. Was All the loan players, there was two that I thought um, would, would only be... I suppose their careers be salvageable. Adam Montgomery was one, <laughs> and for no other reason other than I like the look of him, is it was Erigidi, but that's not going to happen. Um, I just like the look of the big guy. That's, but he's just no, he's just not got it. But Adam Montgomery is one. I said that I think that all of them is, is the only one to get a future or the chance of future at Celtic. Aye, uh, Lord Flashheart. Oh, I love that, but a black arrow there. Uh, <laughs> Leo Held is on hold, is on loan at Royal United. There you go. He yeah. could have stayed with us. And we would have said, said I'm on loan to Stockport or somewhere like that. Um, aye, that's, a, that's an interesting conversation. We may as well talk about St Murn since I mentioned St Murn there. I can't see many changes uh, for the St Murn game, uh, Patrick. I can't. Again, they're playing a top flight team. There will be the usual changes that Ange Postacoglu makes, but the team it plays will be a team will go, aye, that they should have enough to take care of St Mun. Ah, you would think so. I mean, this is a team, I mean, we've struggled against them recently, you know, we've we obviously lost 2-0 in September and they were the last team to beat us at Parkhead, but with, it, with fans in the stadium and with a bigger pitch and you know, we are we are in a good run of form at the moment. I, I don't think I don't think there should be any problems. Um, you know, this is one of the few games of the season where I don't think we should be sort of uh, having youngsters coming through. It's one of the five cup games we've got left. Hopefully, fingers crossed, five cup games we've got left where 
you need to run it in 90 minutes. You can't say, oh, we're unlucky today, drop a few points and, you know, we'll still win the league at a canter. Um, if you don't run it in 90 minutes, you're out. So I think as long as we're on our game, I think we'll, we'll be absolutely fine. They've only won once at Celtic Park in 32 years or something. So I don't think there should be any issues. Um, but as you say, you know, team kind of picks itself apart from one or two players. Um, I, I think you said at the top of the show as well that, you know, Ralston, uh, he's injured, Jovanovic is away. So you're, you're sort of weak at right back and then Burnaby wasn't on the bench at left back. So that's maybe an area of concern. You know, not having backup for these these fullback positions, but I think that should just be a short term worry. I think, you know, long term, I think we should be sorted. Uh, Paddy, what do you think that Ange Postacoglu will do for the weekend? I think I don't think there'll be many changes. If I'm honest, I think what we've witnessed in the last couple of weeks is he's only really tweaked a couple of positions, and it's either been the central midfielder or, or the wide men. Um, I, I would imagine the team. <laughs> Barring injury or anything that happens from now until Saturday, will be the team that starts on Saturday will be the team that started at the weekend there. Um, maybe maybe O'Reilly can run for Moy, but I, I don't really see much changes to be honest. The team's on fire; they're playing well. Um, they were they were excellent against St Johnston, so I don't really see much in the way of changes. Um, so no, nah, I think we've enough quality to to get ourselves into the next round. <laughs> I think we'll have it. It's a, it's a bit strange to start talking about that game in the middle of the week, especially it's half past five on a Saturday night. Uh, there's quite a lot. Of, there's 500 watching, so can you please hit the like button? I can't see how many likes that we've got. Can you please like and subscribe uh, if you like what we're doing? Even if you didn't like what we're doing, just please hit the like button because it helps the people on the channel that you do like. I want to keep on St Martin, but know the game. There was a story last week in one of the papers about St Myrne's attendances this season, and the big headline it was in the it was in the Daily Record. So, pardon the use of this word. The big headline was Old Firm Fan Fury. <laughs> St Myrne's attendances dropped versus Celtic and Rangers. Uh, so basically, the premise behind the, the story is I'm only going to talk about us. Is when Celtic were beating off St. Martin earlier on in the season, which was September, I think, that is only St. Martin's seventh top attendance this season, right? Uh, they've got more against for games against Kilmarnock, Hibs, and Aberdeen. They've also, and those three teams have also got more against the uh, Rangers as well. So they've got nearly a thousand more against Aberdeen than what they did against Celtic, right? So the, the, the thing where the story was, the pitch of the story was, this proves that St Myrne, St Myrne's idea to reduce Celtic's tickets didn't work because their attendances didn't grow, blah, 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 and it shows. I thought it was a load of rubbish, actually. I thought that, I thought that narrative was absolutely a load of crap. The reason being... St Martin are doing well, right? They're coming up against Kilmarnock, who they see as a derby rival for some bizarre reason, which I don't... Somebody for that neck of the woods has got to... I think Kilmarnock's an Ayrshire there in Renfrewshire. How is that a derby? I haven't got a clue. I thought it was... Let's get Shire's end I thought it was... I thought it was Paisley <laughs> and, and Greenock. I, I mean, I didn't care about all these West Coast things, eh? So somebody will need to eh, enlighten me on that. So they've got Kilmarnock. <coughs> I didn't see it's their, their rivals. They've got a big crowd. They're playing historical te big teams like 
Hibs and Aberdeen, who are both ranked rotten. So the fans have went, we've got a good chance of getting a result against them. And they've went to the game. Also, the games against Hibs and Aberdeen and Kilmarnock, they're paying about eight, nine, ten pound less to get into the games and what they are against Celtic. So mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It means nothing. It means absolutely nothing that they've, they've got higher attendances there. The Hoves still cut their nose off despite them f- their faces, but the facts that the Daily Record try to bring up there, no, it just shows that supporters like to go and be entertained and hopefully see their team winning a game of football, eh, Paddy? Uh, do you know what I'd like to know about? Do, do, do you know how, was it was it called the Help a Buddy Scheme or something they started at the start of the season? I think it could. So th- does that figure include the money that's been, so for example, if a, if, if another Sydney fan buys a ticket and then they spend another thirty quid on another ticket to help mitigate um, the Celtic fan losses, does that does the does attendance figures include that as well? Does I'm that count as a ticket sale? Does the count as a ticket sale? I don't think. I think it right, counts okay. as a, a donation. Aye. Well, do you know what? I, I, I do believe they're, they're cutting the most. I suspect their face. I mean, Sydney are going great guns this season. They're the fourth in the league, I think. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Or fifth? Just maybe behind Livingston. I can't exactly remember. So that'll be why they're. The, the attendances out with us has gone up. Um, so I like you say they've got a bit of chance of, of beating these teams around about them. I'm not. I'm not too sure about the whole. I don't understand the Kilmarnock Derby thing. I just think that they, 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 they've got a, a decent chance of beating them. So more people are going to go to the game and they're cheaper. I just think it's a nonsense. But you know, it's like with the, it's the mainstream media in Scotland. Any any negative slant on Celtic is a, it helps the clicks, doesn't it? I actually thought it was a negative. They tried to put a negative slant on St. Murn when it wasn't really a negative slant on St Murn. And they should have been highlighting the positive fan psyche that's there, but the St Murn fans are turning up to see their Aye. team in games that they expect to win. But the headline really sets a tone Aye. for the article, didn't Aye, it? That's what it's all about. It's the headline, fan fury and all that kind of nonsense. It just helps to drive clicks. It's not even worth bloody reading. But I get I get the crux of your point, but I, it's just sensationalist nonsense. As uh, Patrick, you're 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 a guy that likes to go to uh, <coughs> an away game and, and, and stuff like that. 
There's always a question about empty seats after every away game. You saw the game against St. Johnson there where there's empty seats in the stand and I mean, St. Johnson's one of the largest allocations at Celtic get now. I think I think it's 5,000, is it? Or just under 5,000 that Celtic get for St. Johnson now. I often wonder if Celtic have ever done any work and went, right, for us to satisfy demand for away tickets, we need X amount of tickets. Can anybody give us these X amount of tickets? The way I look at it, I think if Celtic got a, a minimum of 6,000 tickets for every away game, you would facilitate anybody that wants to go to an away game, they would get a ticket. The ones that want to go all the time, the hardcore that go week in, week out, and the other ones which are the sort of floaters want to go to maze games, but sometimes they they just... Ken, what I mean, you just can't go because life gets in a way. I reckon 6,000 is that, is that figure. And most Scottish clubs could give us 6,000 tickets. Now, if Aberdeen give us 6,000 tickets, which they could easily do, there's still going to be 14,000 Aberdeen fans in that stadium. We are not going to outnumber like the home fans in the majority of cases. When you actually look at it, Livingston didn't care. They give us seven and a half thousand. They don't. They, they don't care. They go. I take as many tickets as you want, and we'll charge you thirty three quid. That's that, that's what they do. But when people think you want to come and take over the stadium, I'll guarantee you, if Celtic got ten thousand tickets for Kilmarnock, we wouldn't sell ten thousand tickets. You'd maybe sell it the first time, then as it goes on and they become twelve o'clock kickoffs on a Sunday. The number, the number going to Kilmarnock would drop. That's what would happen. So I think six thousand is that figure. I think it's a far, I, I do think that it's a, a nonsense to say. I've got fifty-two thousand season ticket holders. The majority of the season ticket holders are no interested in going to away games. That, that's it. So we only need about six thousand tickets to satisfy the demand for the people that want to go to the away games. I'd argue it's more than six thousand. Uh, personally, because you get 7,000 for Livingston and I kind of get a ticket for Livingston. So just on that alone, I would argue it's more than, it's somewhere right. above seven, I would say. What I, what I would probably say with that is because Livingston's the only one that's free air, if you can what I mean, right? If we were getting a higher allocation, all the rest of the shop, folk wouldn't go to Livingston. Folk are only going to Livingston because... They, they can't go elsewhere. They can't go elsewhere. That, that, that's, uh, where I would, that's where my argument comes in there. Aye. Right. Uh, you could be right. Um, I can't see that that theory been tested anytime soon because clubs are sort of reducing the allocation of the time and digging their heels in. But, um, I mean, my only problem with this is having empty seats. I mean, you, you, you watch Premier League games and, you know, I've done it myself. When I was... 12 or 13, I went down to a Sunderland game uh, as part of a school trip, which is just mental. I mean, Premier League clubs are so keen to sell out stadiums that their schools in Scotland can buy them on the cheap and have a school trip down to England. And they're afraid to go to Scottish games in case of, you know, this sectarian issue that allegedly exists um, at Scottish grounds or some sort of violence or whatever. That was the excuse I got anyway. But Premier League clubs are so keen to sell out their stadium, they're so keen to sell tickets. You know, Man City, I think up until this season, were quite happy to give tickets away just to fill the Etihad. Now, I know they have 
a unique problem filling their stadium. But it looks better in the telly. We'd all agree that watching that lockdown season was horrendous, having to watch empty stadiums, listen to empty stadiums. And not only that, I mean, these are clubs that 40, 50, 60% of their revenue streams are match day ticket sales and, you know, kiosks and stuff like that and selling pies. And they're, they're slashing the attendance of or the, the, the away capacity of in the two biggest clubs in the country. Now, if what happens at St Mern and what happens at Hearts and they do sell out their stadium after cutting our allocation, not a problem with it at all. But when you're going to Aberdeen and you're going to Motherwell and the stadium's half empty, that's when you've got to say to yourself, well, you're cutting your nose off to spite your face, in my opinion. Talking about Motherwell there, I see uh, Alan Burrows is now the new chief executive of Aberdeen. Oh, is he? Aye. It was oh, announced wow. this morning. Ah, uh, I never missed that. Aye, it was announced this morning. I, I, I do get that. And, and I, I think Scottish football is selling itself short. I think Scottish football has, has stopped trying to actually improve and see, seeing itself a, a, as a product. And Young comes in, uh, Paddy. At most football games, away fans make more noise. The away fans make the spectacle. Yeah. That That is where... Celtic Park's completely different, and we're completely biased when we talk about Celtic Park. But in the majority of games, the way fans make the spectacle, even at Celtic Park, at some times, if you've got a large away support, given what they're going to give it, like, then it fires everybody on. And that would be the same anywhere. The away fans generate the atmosphere. So why not have more away fans in the ground who are willing to go in the ground. I'm not advocating you give us 10, 12,000 tickets. I'm going, well, there is an amount that Celtic will take which will add value to your to your books, but also add value to the product and make it easier to sell to the telecompanies. Instead of sitting there watching St Johnston on, on a tractor field with empty seats everywhere. Uh, it's the aesthetics. It's a look into it, and and that, that's the difference. I think um, I know Young Patrick was talking about getting free tickets to Sunderland there, but the difference is they can afford to do that, couldn't they? The kind of money that's getting pumped into their league, so they can afford to just give away tickets and and fill their stadium so it looks good in the telly. Um, whereas we can't. The pittance TV deal we've got means that we rely on um, season tickets and match day tickets and the revenue from match day. So. There's a, there's a couple of caveats to that. Um, but Scottish football as a whole, the governing bodies just got a, I don't know, they've got this thing about self-harming the game. They, they, they don't seem to, there doesn't seem to be an appetite to to improve the game. doesn't seem, even seem to be an appetite to improve the marketing of the game. Um, and it's something that I think we've, we've been neglectful for for years and years. I mean, since I was a boy, it's never been marketed properly. Um, so, nah... I don't really know how we get in that whole situation. The, the, the clubs, some of the clubs' chairmen are just digging their heels in and they're trying to build their own supporter base, which is fine, but it, it's clearly not working. We've we seen it on Saturday, uh, Sunday, the tail against St Johnston, um, and it, it just looks shocking. It looks, it, it looks poor. I don't think they want, want to have serious conversations. No, there's no appetite. Really, I, I don't think they want to have serious conversations. They're, they're just actually like plodding along. Yeah. Like we're currently doing, like, abiding a, a wee hardcore element of their support who will not give up their season tickets for for Celtic fans to go and actually sit in the seats. Uh, and, they're just, and they go, I well, you're 
250 quid is more important than the quarter of a million pound that we can actually make by moving you that stand. I mean, St. Johnson the other week, there was only 300 fans turned up for the, the cup tie against Rangers because they gave Rangers that, uh, the stand across the face of the goal. But then I since found out that a lot of them paid for their tickets anyway and didn't they turn up, Patrick? Ah, he went as part of a protest. So they gave St. They gave St. Johnson the money, but just didn't they turn up to the stadium. What's the point? Pointless. Pointless protest. Ah, nonsense. I mean, and this is a problem. Uh, they're, they're unhappy at St. Johnson giving away tickets to uh, away teams and yet... I mean, I, I, you're right. I don't know how else to put this, actually. It's just, it's a really stupid protest. If you're not going to go, don't buy a ticket. You know, de- de- deprive them of the money, you know what I mean? You're complaining that they're looking for money, so what you've done is you've went and bought a ticket and not went. But then the one about Celtic's budget is far greater than everybody else's. Right? Correct. No, no. It's, me- it's mental, right. isn't it? Absolutely mental. And it's all swings and roundabouts. It's, it's, it's what we do up here. Aye, Mark, you know, it's up to the home team to sell tickets, but seriously, only give Celtic 6,000, Celtic would sell out every ground in Scotland. My experience would say a lot of Celtic season ticket holders are not interested in going to away games. Even though we've got 52,000 season ticket holders, there's 40-odd thousand of them that have got no interest whatsoever in going to away games. Maybe the occasional one or two, if, if the tickets become... Up, but the fact is the tickets are not becoming available just now. What would actually happen as well if there was an influx of getting six thousand tickets for every game? Corporate would stop taking them as well because at the moment corporate are taking them and passing them on, and that that's creating a a, a, a secondary market as you as, as you will. But if there was more, they wouldn't take them, and it's a, a hangway effect. Six thousand tickets would be enough, and if you wanted to go to away games. I reckon once the novelty factor has wore off as well, because it would be a novelty factor, once that novelty factor's wore off, if you wanted to go to away games and Celtic got 6,000 tickets for virtually every away game, you would you would get to go to the majority of the away games. That's that, that's just me and that. I'm just saying that from... I, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying that for experience having a having worked as, as the affiliation ticket officer, uh, ticket officer for a wee while as well. I know how these things work. Well, I like to think I know how these things work. They probably didn't work that way. But my, my view is <laughs> that, that it would be enough. Barry M82. Um, oh, I didn't mean to bring that one up. <laughs> uh, do you have your Beyonce tickets left? No, but if there were 6,000 mere uh, Beyonce tickets, we'll maybe have enough for the Celtic support that want to go and see Beyonce. I want to know who's having Hunter's chicken. Who's that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. What, I, I don't know why that's came up. Uh, and uh, Stugs Lanigan. Let's see who gets briefs for the League Cup final. Well, young Patrick. Yeah, your man there's got, got one. The, uh, <laughs> your man there. I haven't got one. I haven't got one for the League Cup final. So there you go. Doesn't count out yet. So you never know, Kev. You never know. Yeah. Uh, do, do I deserve one? Probably not. Haven't they probably haven't they been to enough games this season? I'm actually talking about home games where that hangs have just came up for me. So if I got one, I would be really, really lucky to get one. Uncle Nobby Steamboat, uh, this is not working for me. They're buying their ticket to keep their allocation going for the next day. That's it as well. There's, there's a lot of things that Celtic need to look at with us. I also think Celtic need to actually look at uh, bringing in... Uh, 
how we treat away fans uh, as well. But there we go. I've kind of went off on a wee sort of rant at that one. Uh, lads, that's who we're up. It's been fantastic. Thanks to everybody that's been in the comments. Uh, as you know, that's... A Celtic state of mind is having a is promoting an event with One Star, uh, and it's an event we're in partnership. And One Star is One Star events will be hosting a tribute evening to Wim Janssen and the 1998 title winning team at the SEC Armadillo on Friday the 12th of May. Uh, so I remember that day, Henrik Larson and Harold Bratbat scored against St. Johnson to stop Rangers for winning 10 in a row. So come and join the players and management for that memorable campaign and also Wim Janssen's family uh, to celebrate the 25th anniversary. 25 years, that makes me feel really, really old. Uh, the link for the tickets is below. And I think I can reveal that there's going to be two special guests on the podcast tomorrow from that era who will be talking about that night and those who are looking to see JP are going to be disappointed as well because JP is no one else. So, but hopefully you'll enjoy the special guests that come on tomorrow. Patrick and Paddy, thank you very much uh, for putting up with my rubbish and everybody remember Dinny B. Bam State Jiller. Cheerio. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.